Good morning. Welcome to our first Sunday of January of 2022. We want to encourage you to lift up your voices with us as we sing, come into his presence with thanksgiving in your hearts. And then also I sing the mighty power of God. Come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart and give him praise and give him praise. Come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart, your voices raised, your voices raised. Give glory and honor and power unto him, Jesus, the name above. this morning and those who are live streaming the services this morning we're glad to have you linked on with us and uh, brand new Sunday brand new year 2022 hoping and praying and asking God to get us through it, the whole COVID outbreak throughout our state I know that I have gotten a number of phone calls here just in the last couple days of families who have been exposed or who have tested positive all throughout our area as well as far beyond. Um, small attendance this morning with bad weather plus the whole COVID situation. But you know what? The Lord provides and it is God's church. And you and I as God's people, we draw to him, we look to him, we rest in him and trust in him. Uh, so by faith, we continue to serve him in every and any way we can. Um, you that are home, I'm glad that you've logged on. I know that I've talked to a number of you who are not feeling well. Uh, and I do ask that you pray for our church family. 
uh, as we throughout our area are experiencing this outbreak. But it's not just our area. I talked to my kids in Virginia, it's the same thing. My kids in New York. I talked to a pastor yesterday for a long time in Massachusetts, same exact thing going on there. So we are just part of something that's happening all across our country. Let's have a word of prayer and we're gonna start our worship service this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you that you love us, you care for us, we rest in you and trust in you. And we ask that it would be you that provides, provides for our church, provides for our family, our community and our nation. And Lord, none of these events take you by surprise. And I just pray that it would be you that guides us as we walk through this, this time, this, this window in our lives. We do believe that it will pass, but really we look to you. We look to you to walk us through the valley, for you to protect us and strengthen us and enable us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Brother John. Well, let's continue in singing this morning, To God Be the Glory. If you would like to stand, go ahead and stand. And together we lift up our voices as we sing, To God Be the Glory. And then I stand in awe. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life and atonement for sin. Preaching, and he made the comment that uh, at, at his closing prayer that going into 2022, we're entering our third year of this. And I thought, has it really been three years? And I guess it has been. That's why uh, they call it COVID-19. It's exactly right. But I thought, man, three years already. And I feel like it's just gone like that. But 
As we were coming back from uh, Indiana last, uh, well, last Sunday after the morning service, I went home, grabbed my family, and we drove to Indiana. Uh, we, we stopped in the, in the evening at a hotel halfway there and then drove the rest of the way on Monday and visited with my family all week. Got to see all my family, got to see my grandma through a window and got to wave at her. We didn't go inside the nursing home there, but we got to wave to her and that, and that was really sweet and special. Um, but uh, <clears throat> we were driving back yesterday. We left early yesterday morning from Indiana. We were going to actually stop. And, and uh, we were going to uh, stop somewhere and break the trip up. But we were watching the weather. And the weather was not looking in our favor. So we just decided to make the whole trip all the way home last night. So we got home real late. And the kids were crying. I was crying. Hannah was crying. But really, when we got back and uh, we thought we, we, were, we were glad to be back here, back, to, back home in your own bed and then back in our church this morning. And uh, <clears throat> I knew that uh, music schedules had changed and people were having to not being able to come and this and that. And I thought, I'm going to uh, sing a song this morning that uh, I think fits because we need the Lord. We need the Lord. We always need the Lord. But as you think about going into our third year of this... We really do need the Lord. And so this song is, Lord, I Need You.
chapter 10 uh, chapter 7 verse 10 is the text of my message this morning Ezra chapter 7 verse 10 um, we are going to look at a little window of time we're jumping back to about in fact he writes this book about 458 BC um, Ezra also wrote the book of Nehemiah Ezra is a scribe, a preacher, a teacher, a studier of the word. And he is going to go back from captivity, the Babylonian captivity. He's going to go back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem has been being rebuilt. In fact, Ezra really, his goal, his desire is what I'm going to read to you in verse 10, is to bring the word back to his homeland. They've been working at rebuilding the temple. Nehemiah will come later and rebuild the wall of the city. And all of this is because the king of Persia, the king of uh, Babylon, those kings have gone ahead and said to the Jews, it's okay for you to return to your homeland. In fact, by the time Ezra comes to chapter 7, verse 10, the temple is rebuilt not to its original glory but rebuilt enough to be used temple offerings have gone ahead and been restarted by the time we get to this chapter the persians themselves have gifted gold silver grain animals all of those things to the people of jerusalem to go ahead and reestablish jerusalem <clears throat> king cyrus had returned from his treasury about 5,400 uh, instruments of worship that had been taken in captivity. <clears throat> many exiles of the Babylon exile, many of them that had been taken in captivity. <clears throat> I'm sorry, the second hour of talking. So <clears throat> after a week of not talking, it gave me a little scratch in my throat. <coughs> I see Sandra Joe going to get me a cough drop. <clears throat> the temple uh, worship is restored, <coughs> and they are going ahead. Boy. <coughs> I just taught all the way through Bible hour without a problem. So Ezra 7.10, if you listen to the text, it will show you what we're talking about. 
I just need one. Well, but I'll take two. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Just got a catch in my throat. <clears throat> so when we look to Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, it says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. So as we come to the book of Ezra, we see here in this text, the heart of Ezra. The reason I chose this text for this morning is because what we find is Ezra looking into the future. And he's saying to himself, what must we do? Your mom just gave me cough drops. We got more. Oh, you're good. Man. <clears throat> this might last me through the week. Stockpile. Um, so what we find is Ezra in verse 10 casts his vision. We see into his heart what he's thinking about and what's driving him, what's compelling him to, to press forward. So in 539 B.C., Cyrus, king of Persia, had given a decree. And throughout his land, he had decreed the Jews could return to Jerusalem. As I mentioned to you a minute ago, many things have transpired over a little less than 100 years by the time we get here to Ezra. So Ezra looks at what has been accomplished. A lot has been accomplished. Temple is rebuilt. They've started worshiping there. People are trickling back into the land. But there's a problem. And the problem is when he looks at that, he sees a people who are not committed to God. They're not committed to the word of God. They're not committed to their faith. They're committed to their nation. They're committed to reestablishing their traditions. But they're not committed to their walk with God. And Ezra, as a scribe, as a teacher, a preacher, he looks at this and he says to himself, I need to go. I need to go and preach and teach and minister and to reach out. So listen again to verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. You and I, as we look into the year 2022, and this is why I chose this text, is because as we look into this new year, it's not the greatest beginning, is it? We look at the COVID situation, we look at all the things that are transpiring, and maybe in that we're discouraged, maybe we think to ourselves, oh, you're kidding me, not another year like this. We hear the politicians make their promises, Doctors get on TV, make their prognosis, all of those things. And you and I, in our hearts, we may think to ourselves, wow, are we ever going to get out of this? Well, you know what? We have to do what we have to do a step at a time, don't we? That's exactly what Ezra has to do. He looks at his country. He looks at his people. And while there are encouraging things on the horizon, there's discouraging things too. So where does he start? Look with me again at verse 10. Ezra prepared his heart. And you and I in our lives, as we press into 2022, 
We have to look in our own hearts and we have to say to ourselves, you know what? It's me and the Lord and that's enough. We have to do what we must do individually between us and God that we might find our strength, that we might find our courage, that we might find our confidence, that we might press forward into this new year. Ezra has a huge task ahead of him. He has to travel roughly 900 miles by foot or by donkey. And I want you to understand how far 900 miles is. That is a long ways. John just drove. John, how, how many miles do you guys drive? Seven hundred miles from here to Indiana. Can you imagine walking nine hundred miles? Never mind Hannah crying over in the passenger seat and the kids crying in the back seat. I mean, actually, it. <clears throat> the historical record says that the journey from the place in Babylon where they were held in captivity, those people, took them four months to journey back to Jerusalem. And they said the reason it took them four months is because it's not like a guy putting a backpack on and walking his hardest every day. But instead, it's families bringing their wives, their children, their grandma, their granddad. They're journeying through tough times. So Ezra looks at this and he says to himself, I need to bring back to my people faith and vision and hope. So he's got to gather, and I'm going to show you all that he had to gather to get ready to go back to Jerusalem so that he could renew the faith of his people in his land. You and I, as we face 2022, listen, we need to regather hope, don't we? To our neighbors, our children, our co-workers, our church. You and I, we've got to see past another big outbreak of <clears throat> our, our community, our, our state, our county, our nation, our world, we've got to see past that and know that God does give us hope. Our hope rests in him, just like Ezra saw. He said, I've got to start with me, but it's got to go farther. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the lot of the Lord and to what? Do it. We have to do it. We have to be doers. More than talkers, we've got to be doers. It's easy to say I'm a Christian. It's easy to say that my God did not give me the spirit of fear, but instead he gave me the spirit of, of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's easy to say the words, but it's a whole nother thing to live it and do it. Ezra decided, if I'm going to go back to Jerusalem, where they have been working hard, but they are not right in their heart. If I'm going to go back and help them, I have to start with me. Not only do I need to understand it, I've got to do it. When I was a kid, I did not grow up in a Christian home. My parents weren't Christian people. They did all the things non-Christian people do. And, but at the same time, we would have supper together every night. And my parents would regularly say to us as kids, do as I say, not as I do. They would tell us, we don't want you to smoke because they smoked. They didn't want us to drink, but they drank. 
They didn't want us to do all these crazy things that they did, police coming in the yard and all that stuff, but they didn't want us to do that. So they would say to us, do as I say, not as I do. But when I got older, when I started becoming my own person, I realized that doesn't work. And Ezra decided in his heart and in his life, he had to be a doer. If he was going to change his people, he had to do it that they might learn and see. So look again with me at verse 10. Ezra had prepared his own heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. And then what's it say? To teach Israel the statutes and judgments. If you and I are going to teach our children, our co-workers, our community, our world, that there is hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. There is hope in the hand of God at work. If we're ever going to teach that to somebody else, we ourselves must live it. Amen? I know it's pretty light in here. Could it, I, 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 I'm not faulting you, though. There's not a lot of us here. But... The reality is we have to be doers. It doesn't work for me to look at you and say, I know I'm the pastor. Listen, do as I say, don't do as I do. How long would I be your pastor if, if that was my attitude? You know, if I said to you, yeah, yeah, you need to give your tithes and offering, but I'm not gonna. You know, you need to not beat your wife, but I'm gonna beat Sandra Joe. You know, don't rob your neighbor but I'm going to go ahead and rob my neighbor. How long would you want to come and hear me teach and preach if I, my attitude was, do as I say, not as I do? Wouldn't be long and there'd be some kind of a movement. Hannah would start it. She'd say, let's start a petition. This guy, he's, he's not doing what he says. Ezra knew if he was going to teach these people he had to be a doer of what he knew to be of the Lord. But what I want you to see as we go a little bit farther past verse 10 is all that he had to do. Because I think sometimes we, we think to ourselves, well, you know, it's easy there. It's easy. It's easier for them. Uh, you know what? Everybody has a hard journey. We have to, by faith, take that next step. And we have to climb the mountain with the Lord and let him get us to the top. But we can't always be looking and saying, everybody else has it easier than I do. Well, let's look at Ezra's challenge. His challenge was to fulfill what was put forth as a decree for him to go back to Jerusalem. So that, picks, that takes us to verse 11. Now, this is the copy of the letter that the king Artaxerxes gave to Ezra the priest, the scribe, even a scribe of the words of the commandments of the Lord and of his statutes to Israel. So we're getting ready to read an ancient manuscript sent by Artaxerxes, king uh, of Syria, and he sends it with Ezra. This is Ezra's job to go back to Jerusalem. This is what he has to do. The king says in verse 13, I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm. <clears throat> Wait.
which are minded of their own free will to go back to Jerusalem, go with thee. For as much as thou art sent of the king and of his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem, according to the law of thy God, which is in thine hand. So the first step that we find that Ezra has to do is he has to find out who wants to go with me. Now, I just mentioned a few minutes ago about a missions meeting next Sunday, right after church, for those who want to do a missions trip uh, this coming spring. And just in that announcement, I had to make people understand, I'm not bringing you into the fires of COVID extreme. I'm planning that that will have dropped off. I mean, all the little things I said were part of the plan of getting the word out there. Well, Ezra's got to reach all these people that are in captivity in Babylon because the king has said they can go back. Now, there's been some trickling back. They rebuilt the temple, blah, 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 blah. But Ezra is supposed to gather a lot of these people. There is no cell phone. There's no texting. There's no emails. There's no telephone. There's no telegraph. Probably had a hard time finding enough wood to even do smoke signals. It has to all be word of mouth. He's got to go ahead and get neighbor to tell neighbor, community to tell community. We can go back. The king has told us we can go back. So he's got to begin to organize and implement a message to a country of people who have been enslaved for a long time that they can go back. That's the first step he has to take. Listen to what goes on as we come down into verse 14. For as much as thou art sent of the king of his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem, according to the law of the God, which is in thine hand to do this. Now listen. To carry the silver and gold, which the king and his counselors have freely offered unto the God of Israel, whose habitation is in Jerusalem. And all the silver and the gold that thou canst find in all the province of Babylon, with the free will offering of the people and of the priests, offering willingly for the house of their God, which, in, which is in Jerusalem. So he says, not only do I want you to gather a people to go back, but I'm going to send you gold and silver, and I want you to go throughout all the province, provinces of Babylon, and I want you to see if people won't give an offering to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Now, I want you to understand what a huge task this is. It's not a matter of sending out a mass message. He has to go ahead and go forth and organize and create a system by which they can begin to gather these gold and silver offerings from all over Babylon so that he can bring it 900 miles in a journey back to Jerusalem. This is not a small task. Listen as he goes on down, Father, verse 17. That thou mayest buy speedily with this money bullocks, rams, lambs, with their meat offerings and their drink offerings, and offer them upon the altar of the house in your God, which is in Jerusalem. 
And whatsoever shall seem good to thee and to thy brethren to do with the rest of the silver and the gold that, that uh, do after the will of your God. That do after the will of your God. So he tells them. He says, all right, you have a 900 mile journey from Babylon back to Jerusalem. I want you to get a free will offering throughout the provinces of Babylon. And then I want you to start buying lambs and bullocks. I want you to buy livestock because you have a journey there. And then when you get there, I want you to do offerings in the temple with this livestock. So now start to imagine in your mind. Uh, I have behind my house, I have three beef cows that stand in the pasture looking at my house, begging me to come and give them grain every day. But I put out there in a round bale feeder, a big round bale of hay. Now they go and they, they eat that, that hay all the time, all the time. When it's frozen like this, that's their pasture to graze at. But every time I come to the door, even if I stick my hand out and, and hit my automatic truck starter, I don't know, they, they hear that truck start and instantly they think, grain, grain. Now, I'm not going to give them grain every time I go to my truck, but they want it every time I go to my truck. So now imagine being a nomadic people traveling 900 miles and you've gone ahead and bought livestock. So what do you have to have with livestock? Anybody think you might know? Feed. feed. You've got to have feed. You've got to have enough food to feed all that livestock. They're not carrying, they, they don't have a tractor trailer truck with round bales of hay stacked on it and a tractor picking it off. This is a primitive culture and society. This is an incredible undertaking that Ezra is set to do. But he has a heart to do it. You and I, as we look into 2022, maybe you're starting out in a, in a tough way. Maybe you're looking around and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I cannot believe we're going another year into this. Listen, God is going to get you through. It's going to be a step at a time, a day at a time, a week at a time, a month at a time. But we are going to get there. We're going to make the 900 mile journey. We've got to do the work. We've got to go ahead and get the provisions. We've got to do what we got to do each day. And that's exactly what Ezra has to do. Look as it goes on down into verse 18. He tells, the, the king tells Ezra, Whatsoever shall seem good to thee and to thy brethren to do with the rest of the silver and the gold, that do after the will of your God. This is really important for us to understand. Ezra was entrusted by the king to be a wise steward of all that he was given. Because the king says to him, he says, I want you to do certain things, but all the rest of the silver and gold that you gather, I'm trusting that you will do what's right in the eyes of your God. In you and I in our lives, we have to be good stewards of what we have been given by the Lord in our lives. Whether it's gold or silver, whether it's our homes, our jobs, whether it's our spouses or our children, whether it's our health or our time, all of that is a gift from God in our lives. And we have to look at it and we have to say to ourselves, Lord, you have given me this day 
Help me to use it to your honor. Help me to not squander it or waste it or abuse it. This day, this week, this month, this year. And so Ezra was entrusted and, and the king was depending on him to be a wise steward of all that he gathers. And God is depending upon you and I. We must be wise stewards of all that God has given us. So whatever it is we have in our lives, each day of our lives, each breath of our lives, we must be wise stewards of all that God has given us. He comes down into verse 19. The king gives this decree to Ezra. He says, the vessels also that are given thee for the service of the house of thy God, those deliver thou before the God of Jerusalem. And whatsoever more shall be needful for the house of thy God, which thou shalt have occasion to bestow, bestow it out of the king's treasure house. Can you imagine the king of Babylon, the king of all the land of Syria? He is saying to him, he says, I will provide all that you need to go back and minister in Jerusalem to restore your people, to restore your land. He's giving them a blank check. Can you imagine if, uh, you know, the president of our country called up your house and said, Terry Phillips, I'm going to give you a blank check as much as you want. Now, I realize that Congress thinks they have a blank check, but they really aren't supposed to. But this guy calls you and he says, Terry, I'll give you all that you need, anything you want, just go get the job done. That's trust, isn't it? Isn't that trust? And you and I, we have been entrusted by our Lord too. He trusts us. And we just have to say yes, Lord, and be obedient to him. 2022 is not starting on a high note. It is starting as at the bottom of a hill, facing again a long track. But I want to tell you, even if it's a 900-mile march, on the other side, God is able. He is able. And Ezra, as I mentioned to you, wrote not only the book of Ezra, but the book of Nehemiah. And if you read those two books, you see how that God provided step by step by step. How that he took Ezra, he took Nehemiah, and he brought them to the land of their forefathers. And there they did the work God called them to do. You and I, we can every bit as much believe that our God is able. Because he is the same God. He is the true and living God. He's not changed. This is not some other God. You and I worship the true and living God. And he provides. He has provided. And he will provide. We just have to walk day by day. It may be a long journey. And it may be uphill all the way. And it may be that we have to do a lot of things to get there. But our God is able, just as he was for Ezra, just as he will be for Nehemiah, he is able in your life, in my life, in our church, in our community, our nation, in our world. We look to him and we rest in him. We trust in him. We believe in him. 
And he will walk that 900-mile journey with each of us. But it has to start, just like with Ezra, it has to start with me. That's how, that's how it started with Ezra. It started with him in his heart. He's the one who said, yes, I seek to know the will of God. And then what? He did it. He sought it. He did it. And then what did he do? He taught it. That's what verse 10 tells us. He spread the word. You and I, we're the remnant of God. We've got to seek it, do it, and teach it. There is hope. We just have to look to him and press on. Amen? Let's bow our heads. That was a little weak. Did you all doze off on me? Amen, Pastor. Thank you very much, Brother John. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just teasing you. Let's have a word of prayer. And we're going to be dismissed this morning. I really am thankful you came out. I know that it's snowing. It's a little icy out there. Please be careful. Um, Kurt, Brother Kurt came early this morning and sanded the parking lot. Uh, shoveled off the sidewalks. Put out some salt stuff. Um, and others too. They, we really do have a wonderful crew. John and Kurt. Sam. Harmon when he's up to it. Uh, they all do the snow removal for us. And it is a tremendous blessing. It truly is. But I'm very thankful for each of you being here this morning. And for you that are live streaming, thankful for you as well. Let's have a word of prayer. And we'll be dismissed this morning. Father in heaven, we come before you. And we thank you for faithful, faithful men like Ezra. And the record of Nehemiah, who will, he will do the same thing. He'll gather up all that's needed to go back to Jerusalem and start to rebuild the wall. Lord, we're thankful that you've called us to be faithful to you as well. Help us to draw nearer to you. Yes, this may be the third year of dealing with this pandemic. But Lord, you know, this didn't take you by surprise. We are your people. I pray that you would help us to know your will, to do your will, and to spread the message of hope that can only be found in you. We thank you that you are a God who cares. Caring and loving so much that you sent your only begotten son. And I pray that you help each of us to be faithful to you. As faithful as an Ezra. We pray these things. Please give us safety as we go to our homes. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much for coming this morning. We are dismissed.